Traveling is learning, a Kenyan proverb. Splinters, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Express 88. That's about enough of that. Welcome back to Splinters of a Broken Sun. It's a podcast. I think you'll like it. We're using the Fate Core system for our actual play adventures, and our group of adventurers are going to make their way towards the vacuum of space today. And those individuals who are perhaps taking their last breaths of fresh air for who knows how long include OG Brown Sugar. Hello, everyone. I'm OG Brown Sugar, and I play Maeve Sentis, Mother of Spiders. You've also got Keekers. Hey, I am Keekers, uh, also known as Be a Space Cat. And as the name implies, I'm very excited about going into space. And I play Keva Jarma. And we've got Jason, the singing chemist. Yes, I'm Jason. I play Zonin Chan, the hat making scamp. And speaking of scamps, our last but not least member today is Michael Blood. Howdy, everyone. I also go by Salas Dreas on pretty much every form of uh, social media. And I play Emron Pak, the, the group's lifting and punching specialist. Now, speaking of lifting and punching, all of you have been customizing spacesuits for your journey down the borehole into or onto the surface of this station, which the last time you sort of figured out was much, much larger than maybe you thought it was. And the area of it in which you have lived all your lives is much, much smaller than the people who run it wanted you to believe. So the uh, space suits, you've been able to make six in total. So you've got two spares or backups that could be of use for, you know, a rescue if things go wrong or whatever the case may be. And first you're going to tell me how you have customized these. And then we'll see if Keva is able to override some of the safety programming on those uh, 3D printers like she was wanting to do. So anyone want to volunteer to go first? So tell us about your suit. All right. I was going to save it, but I'll, I'll go first. Okay. It's a simple design. I modified uh, the maintenance suit in conjunction with the auditor arms and helmet I have that contain Matt Damon. And I made a very bare bones humanoid outfit that has an exoskeleton, much, in fact, exactly like Matt Damon had in Elysium. Right. So the suit has an exoskeleton on the suit and the suit itself looks like a bald Matt Damon. Yes, absolutely. So Zonin gets into a large bald Matt Damon from the movie Elysium. That's what you're telling me. Yep. Okay. He's now inside his Matt Damon flesh suit. Flight suit, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I've got just layers of Damon going on here. I think this joke has got good bones. So, who else wants to tell me about their suit? I can tell you about Emron's suit. Okay. Uh, so, for our audio listeners, uh, my suit is basically based on of uh, the mobile worker heavy construction type Gundam. Okay. What it is, is um, it's basically like 
the base the base tech command suit that we saw, but uh, I've decided to cover it in more ablative plates from other suits that we uh, we found that we could scavenge. And I managed to fashion um, its left arm into a shield, and its its right arm, you know, has the the opposable thumb of man. All right, lovely. And who else have we got? I guess I could go next. Uh, mine is kind of a um, mish, like Keva's suit is kind of a mishmash here. A couple of different suits, um, a little bit of the Shining Gundam, or also known as the God Gundam from uh, G Gundam Mobile Fighter, and also kind of just general Space Marine armors from like the Mass Effect series and Halo. Um, you've got the classic Gundam kind of feet going on, and then more of like the armored chest plate of the and body of like one of the Space Marine suits in uh, Mass Effect, for example, like just the general kind of color coded set and then more of like the mark i don't remember the helmet but it's kind of like the big glass plate helmet that one of our favorite people audio uh well not just audio but video characters of internet fame caboose is helmet from red versus blue a spinoff of halo okay lovely and that leaves us with hello so my suit looks very similar though legally enough distinct from the uh, mecha Kazix skin from um league of legends mm-hmm. and just making sure it has the big well to keep up with the bug theme but also just making sure that it has um you know the big sort of radar dish for surveillance type thing fantastic i went sorry i didn't uh did everyone tell me what colors you've got on your suits flesh yeah okay I hate you. well i hate you i hate you <laughs> this, i guess it would be sort of pinkish for the bald matt damon look yeah yeah uh does that count as like being a red shirt Oh, I hope not. Uh, what color? Sorry, what color is Emran's suit, or what colors? Um, it is, it is, it is bright orange, like the setting sun, which is a, a semiotic symbol for the downfall of the Church of God. Lovely. How about uh, Keva's suit? Okay, for the exact armor that I was talking about, to get into specifics, Keva's armor, like the color scheme, looks like the blue sun armor from uh, Mass Effect, because okay. that's nice. But it's not the same shade of blue. It's a lighter blue. And then instead of the white, it's kind of uh, off-white, yellowish, like an actual moon representation. Cool. And sorry, how about Maeve's armor? I think I just want to go for like just stark black, but I want that's probably not going to be too safe in space. So I think just like a dark red. Okay. Something that'll be at least somewhat visible. And of course, they've all got their basic running lights. In the base model, the running lights are built into those big shoulder pads that also have the uh, the thrusters in them and into the helmets. But you may have changed that when you modified them. Um, I'd like to point out that if like we're going by red versus blue colors, that means that Maeve would be Tex, Keva would be Caboose, and... Uh, Shason or Zonin would be Donut, which is pretty almost spot on in some <laughs> respects. Wonderful. I guess Emrin with the orange, so some of the orange, that might make him Griff? It could well be. I'll take uh, Griff. So Keva, you wanted to see if you could make the 3D printers into some type of weapon or see if they will build 
weaponry ammunition, right? Was that what you wanted to do? Well, Emran wanted the ammunition and Keva was going to try to see if she could do that. Now, part of the problem with like making the ammo would be like, are we going to be able to get enough force for it to come out to act as like a, you know, to actually injure someone? But we'll get to that bridge when we come to it, cross that bridge, you know? Yeah, you would you would need to make some type of launcher weapon first and then have it manufacture the ammunition for that if that's what you want to do because the it's a printer like it can't shoot stuff it just makes tools hey matt yeah is it safe to assume that on the like the tool belt of the construction mech that there's something analogous to the rivet gun sure could i i have bet excellent could i have bastard that like do you think it fires with lethal force or is there a way that i could basically jailbreak it to make it a horrible weapon of war Oh, well, it fires like really short range. You would have to try and jailbreak it and Keva would have to override the safety programming uh, in the in the suit in order to do that. So for overriding, will I just do a roll for each person's suit or just, uh, you know? Well, it depends on how many people want to have weapons on their suits. Um, I don't think At least ranged gonna... weapons. Yeah, Keva would probably still be using either like a blunt force or try to figure out if this <laughs> suit has shields like the ship did. Uh, it does not have that level of shielding. It's just it blocks radiation and keeps you alive in space. But all right. Very so, admirable qualities. All right. So let's see if we can do a bit of hacking on Emrin's suit then. So it'll be. I'm sure it won't surprise you to know a rapport role. Can I yeah. help on the mechanical ends? Your crafting will be a separate thing to make that more than a short range thing. Sounds good. But you can roll your crafts if you want to, so we can get a roll from each of you. Okay. You got a three on your crafts roll. That will be enough to uh, extend the range to sort of like, I guess, pistol range on your rivet gun. So it's like a, a medium range weapon at this point. You could use it to shoot at, you know, someone down the hallway from you. Not down a long hallway, sorry. Someone, like, across a room from you. And, uh, Keva, you rolled a four on your rapport, which is very good. You are able to convince, by uh, melding your hair with Emran's armor, you're able to convince its systems that the necessity for longer range is, uh, you have to kind of lie to it a bit. And what's the lie that you tell the suit about why he needs a longer range on his rivet gun? Well, unfortunately, his reach isn't that great because he suffered some injuries recently. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. The suit is so convinced. So you're all ready to go. What do you want to do? Walk really cool in slow-mo toward the ship. Okay, good. So you're all walking towards the ship. You're walking up the ramp. Uh, You can sort of manage two by two. One, you actually have to go single file once you're in your suits. To get up there. So it is very cool as you each emerge from the top of the ramp onto the uh, onto the ground. And as you do that, uh, Hub appears there. And they're watching the, your four suits come out. And they're saying, okay, so I've modified the Express 88 so that it will not be required to follow its route. However, I have put in an emergency return system. So you will not have to pilot it to get back here. If anything goes wrong, you'll only need to press the red button next to the captain's chair. 
and it will take you directly back here without you needing to pilot. Thank you so much, Hub. I've seen too many emergencies in my time to want to send you out unprepared. It's already more than I'm really willing to do to ask you to do this spacewalk, but it's getting dire in here, and I'm responsible for more and more lives now. Keva, like, tries to, like, put her hand out again, but is like, oh, yeah, that again. And then Keva kind of is like, do you think you could ever get a body hub, like, so I could hug you? You know, I've never really seen the need for a body, but maybe... Maybe I'll try and work something out once I've got power again. I mean, these things have robotics in them. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, the whole hub is my body. That's me. Yeah, I but it would be ground. like... <laughs> she hub smiles at Zonin. Says, Thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> you know, hub, we've never had a friend like you. I should imagine not, given your background. But I am happy to be your friend now. Please... Please be careful out there. It's like nothing you've ever seen. Is someone's first for thirst really flaring up here? Oh, you know it. Uh, so as you are loading onto the ship, Jolly is sort of frolicking around, going like, meh, meh, meh. Not super thrilled that you're leaving. Oh, she's so smart and she already knows. Are you bringing any of your big insects with you, Maeve? Well, there's no like atmosphere in space, so I figured they wouldn't be able to make the trip. They can at least help you in the borehole because it is a straight drop. So, you don't know, you're not entirely sure what these insects are capable of surviving, the the larger ones. So it might be worthwhile. I guess then maybe some spiders to lower us down. Cool. What about Jeremy? The kids are are playing with Jeremy. Jeremy's still got that wig on from a week ago. Jeremy is is a surprisingly docile worker ant. The kids are Uh, at this point crawling on. I think... I figured that now Jeremy is the court jester in Maeve's court of bugs. <laughs> Though, now that I think about it, Jeremy's a female, but eh. I guess she'd have to be, wouldn't she? Well, you know, you can still have a female fool. Why not? Well, I mean, I meant more along the lines of the fact that the name is Jeremy, but... It yeah. could be Jeremy. They literally have a new name all the time. There are too many to keep track of. No, Kevin remembers that this one's name is Jeremy because it has the wig on it. Well, hard to argue with the wig, unless the ants are moving the wig from one drone to another. My God, do you think they've achieved like some sort of semi-sentience in order learning. to stay away from children? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I took care of those weird like larvae the other day. You take care of them today. Take the larva wig. <laughs> the larva wig. Oh, that's a horrible mental image. All right. Well, well, you get what I mean. It's like they would see kids as larva. Yeah, no, just larva wig makes me think of a wig of larva, which is very gross to me. But that's okay. You're all getting on the ship now. As you get into the ship and the ramp comes up, you see on the screen, are you all going into the bridge? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. But, but Keva has like made sure that instructions have been left to one of the kids that they have like she's like telling all the kids like you have to take care of jolly this day like this part of jolly's care and then you have to take care of this part of jolly's care and then you have to like you couple of kids have to take care of this part of the goat's care you know she's delegating to make sure that none of the pets are forgotten 
I just wanted to point that out that she'd done that beforehand. Oh, very excited. Several of the kids are holding competitions to determine who gets to take care of Jolly that day or that those hours or whatever. They all liked her very much. Turn those lava into worker humans. So as you are all getting seated on the bridge, I guess I should move you over to the bridge now. Okay, you can pick whatever seats you want there. There's a captain's seat in the middle. Keva, I mean, you're still technically the captain of the ship, I guess, because you've got the actual connection with it. We'll say that engineering is far left over here with the big console. Zonin's already at navigation. This one that Jolly was at is probably communications. And I don't know what that one does. We'll figure it out later. Uh, That's the replicator for snacks. Good. The snack officer. So when you're in the, let's see, the passenger area, uh, you, I guess, would probably get out of your suits back there because you can't pilot the ship in your suits. Uh, And once you're up on the bridge, you look out and you see there's that glow that Maeve and Emran you saw when you first came up to the surface here over in the direction of Chitter's paddock. And you see all of those, there's now like 36 of those smaller mushrooms are pulling themselves out of the ground. And they're all walking a little bit towards the ship and raising in unison their left arms to wave at you as the ship prepares to leave. Oh, Keva will try to wave as well. The ship wobbles a bit in a wave of its own. That's a door. Um, I think Keva is like, finally going to open up now about what she could do with the ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she told the others about just she was that she was the one that punched an auditor into the sun. Yeah. But uh, uh, that sure didn't seem to come up, did it? No, I think she once she like was she was going to tell them. But then once Hub was like, yeah, it really kind of made things worse. Keva didn't want to like be like, that was me, you know. Oh, by the way. So what does it sound like as the ship, uh, you begin flying back towards Gov's domain, which you'll have to pass over to get down to the borehole. What's the, what's the scene Um, on the bridge? So guys, she's just kind of like addressing them all since they're there. So, um, did Zonin and I, or I tell you about how I was able to use the force field of the ship to make a giant shining finger fist thing? What? 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 Uh, like, the ship has a force field. I don't know if you guys saw that when you were on the ground fighting. The uh, Some of the EO was trying to shoot at it, and then I was able to bring it up. It didn't really work that well at first, but then when we came back and they started attacking us again, I was able to kind of move it into a shape in a hand. You remember Zone, and I ended up, I you told me to use it to flip off the EO, and I did. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, very satisfying. But um, yeah, she, she used it to, to pick up an auditor and throw it up. Up? Yeah, it was uh, pretty, it, it went pretty far. Um, yeah, um, so uh, <laughs> it kind of hit the sun. It kind of broke. So, so that's how the sun broke. I'll look over at Emron and go, told you it wasn't me. I'm learning all sorts of things from you two today. Yeah, I'm kind of feel bad about it. I mean, I thought it was cool at first, but then Hub was like, no, they don't have power. And, and you know, you did simultaneously deprive our enemies of presumably their main source of power, at least as far as their suits go. 
as far as I know. Yeah. See, I thought it was cool too, but then Karis kind of was like, you're never, you'll never be one of us or, or whatever. When I said, I was like, oh, then I'd have the title. To, yeah. Karis is a narc. Yeah, they are. The ship Ka- continues to fly. You look down and you can start to see the edges of the domain of Gov. You can see the huge walls that surround the entirety of the domain rising up out of the ground. There are a few of the, well, one of the impact points is inside those walls. The other four of the splinters that fell all fell outside of the domain. You passed one of them on the way in, or on the way to Hub. The other three you haven't seen, and you can see one of them down there inside the walls. You're still fairly high up, so nobody is shooting at you or attacking you, and uh, the lights are off currently, so... Thankfully, Hub fixed that issue as well. Yay, stealth. Yeah, it's in part stealth. Also, most people would not think to look up in the sky. Also, just Kevin kind of like, just like, so zoning, you know, um, could always touch another splinter if we find one. I know I mentioned that last time. Um, <laughs> Zonin looks at the strands coming out of Kevin's head and, and just the the kind of state that remembers the state that uh, Emrin's been in and just politely stay silent. Emrin um, turns his like head towards the engineering monitor. He just sort of shrugs at the the idea of like touching a, another splinter. He says, "Sure, I'd put my body through that again." I don't know what's going to happen if I do it, and I I'm a little uh, I mean, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy how everything is right now. I mean, it totally sucks at first, but you might get something cool. And they'll do jazz hands and have the spiders do jazz hands with their like mandible. They do jazz hands with their little pedipalps there. <laughs> uh, that might win me over. I don't know. That's pretty horrifying. Oh, it's all it's all subjective. The ship is flying over. You are now going directly across the city, Bodhi. You can see it below you. The city of fifty thousand souls at the heart of Gov's domain. The spire in the center of it reaches up higher than anything else towards the sky but still not quite high enough to scrape your ship or anything. It's just the tallest thing, as far as you know, in the world. What do you think would happen if we dropped something from the ship onto them? Like, I don't know, stink juice? Do you have some? No, I'm just, you know, thinking, like, future. Hells, for all we know, they have anti-aircraft batteries, like what Hub was talking about. Kevin kind of, like, nudges the ship, like, we should put on shields. <laughs> the ship uh, responding to that puts on its shields, but that leads to a bit of a glow surrounding the ship. Uh, once Kevin notices the glow, she like turns it off because that'd be even worse. The shields be... turn back off. Hopefully no one noticed that. Oh, let's see. As you're deciding, I'd say there's about a 20% chance they'll notice you. Okay. Well, 20% is better than... Oh, okay. So... <laughs> That's... I mean, <laughs> dear God, um, it... Matt, I'd okay. like to cash in my my one time only kibosh. <laughs> I, uh... I'm melting my computer. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> As your ship streaks overhead of the city, uh, it doesn't take too long to pass over it because you are going at high speed, not your top speed, but high speed. You see some deep orange glowing coming from different parts of the spire. And then there are shots chasing you from the city they're not as fast as your ship 
But, well, actually, they might be as fast as your ship. They're pure energy. So, Keva, you're going to need to take control of the ship for a minute here and give me a rapport roll. Okay, Kevin, like, starts shouting, evasive maneuvers, evasive maneuvers! Matt, can I provide help by um, giving, uh, giving some some juice to the engines? Absolutely, yes, you can. Would that be a crafts roll, or is it you just want to call that a, a, just plus, a plus one? Yeah, just a plus one on that. All right, perfect. Take my plus one, sweet Keva. Wow. Holy okay. biscuits, Matt, <laughs> That's the best conceivable roll you could make on that. You rolled an oh eight my on your four. All pluses on the uh, fake die. It, what are we, did it, they it, it, see us, Matt? I don't think they saw us, Matt. <laughs> it finally worked out. Oh my god! The blasts are coming for you. There's about a dozen of them coming, but you are able to send the ship into a series of sort of dancing spins and whirls and slight banks, so that each shot, even though there are so many of them, completely misses the ship and the express continues on its way after that without reactivating its shields uh, in darkness. And you see there are more shots coming into the sky from the spire, but none of them are near you. They don't seem to have seen where you're going. Amran slams his fist down on the armrest of his chair and says, I should really need to learn how to keep my big mouth closed. Oh, I don't blame you. She kind of is frustrated, even though she did really well with that. Yes, you had a moment of perfect unity with the ship as you went through those maneuvers. It felt as if that time you and the ship, the time the ship felt like just your body, it felt like that again for those few moments. Matt, could I extend my awareness to the hull of the ship and see if there's any bogeys on our tail? Yeah, you you look out through the ship and as far as you can see, there's nothing chasing you. It would be very shocking if, if something existed that could do that. But uh, as far as you can see, there's nothing. Never know when the auditors are going to break out their giant auditor face spaceship Andros style. You never know what they've got hidden in there. The rest of the journey out to the borehole is fairly uneventful. Uh, you're heading in a different direction from the mall area. You're heading like further north on the, uh, on the compass than that. So you don't see it as you pass. Uh, but you do see that it's no longer possible to track the impact points by those glowing mushroom clouds. They seem to have subsided at some point within the past two weeks that you were still up on hub. So your ship comes down towards the borehole and you can see it's sort of hidden behind some mountains here. This is sort of a tundra type area that you're in. And there's like some some hills and some hilly bits that surround where this borehole lets out, which would make it difficult to see from the ground. But for you, it's, it's no issue to see it from the sky. There is a large hole in the ground. When you say tundra, do you mean also cold? It is cold here. That's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unusual we've, for you. Yeah, we've never, we, we've probably never experienced temperatures below, uh, well, 50 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. I don't know the translation there into Celsius. I don't know how cold deserts get. I mean, it gets cold at night, but uh, it seems to be colder here than you would be used to. Like, you can actually see some frost on some of the plants, particularly the plants that are closer to the borehole. Those that are surviving, some of them have a, a bit of a rime of frost on them. The ship sort of comes in, it does its circling, and you come in for a landing not too far from the entrance to the borehole within the sort of ring of hills 
that shields it from outside view. Good natural camouflage. Any idea why, like, any of you guys have any ideas why this place is cold? Like, weird cold? I don't know. Maybe some of you can try and figure it out based on what you've learned. Would Hub have given us uh, a little bit of climatology lessons? Uh, If you asked, but Hub would certainly have told you everything you need to know about how space works. Yeah, I don't know that Emran would have had the forethought to ask about whether or not uh, the biome would be different. Okay, so are you going to get off, get into your suits and get off the ship? Are you just going to hang out in the ship? What do you want to do? I would like to go touch my mech suit. Okay, you touch your mech suit and it feels as it did last you touched it. Excellent. I would like to enter it. Okay. You turn around and sort of uh, step backwards onto the platforms in the legs, and uh, you step up into the suit, and the arms and legs and the torso close around you, and then the head comes down over your head, sealing you in. There's probably some cool music playing while this happens. Emran does an action pose with, uh, with his rivet gun and super awesome shield, and then the caption below just says, uh, God Puncher. It's the name of my mech. <laughs> Get equipped with yes. rivet gun. Okay. Can Kev, can Keva have the blues theme? Sure. I remember its whistles. Yes. Keva, you also step backwards into your suit, and it seals shut around you with the helmet coming down last. Keva does not really do that much of an action pose. She's just sort of like like kind of moving her shoulders and her arms and legs, like getting used to the feel again. Mm-hmm. It is a strange feeling. It's it's like your every movement has a very slight input lag. Mm. Is it possible from inside the sh- suit for her hair to connect to give it another like boost or something? You could connect directly to the suit and it would. But the way that the suit works is that it activates based on your body movements. So connecting directly to it might not improve performance much. Like the leg is largely based on the weight of the thing. Yeah, I, I just also mean like, I'm wondering if there's like a HUD uh, inside of it. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, are we talking like the HUD in like uh, maybe Samus's suit or maybe uh, Iron Man? It's whatever you want it to look like. There would have been a, yeah, lot, of, I, a lot of options. I want... I want to go with Samus's HUD. All right. This basically got stuff like your oxygen level, and there's a little readout of your suit with all its limbs to show you that everything is currently sealed. Uh, there's a little compass on it. The compass is just got it's just got numbers on it. Like there's no north, south, east, west. It's just uh, reading headings. Okay. Kevin's gonna say, "Come on, guys. The water's fine." All right. Zonin makes his way over to uh, Matt Damon 2.0. All right. You step backwards into Matt Damon's fleshy embrace, and it seals shut around you with a little slurp noise, and <laughs> Matt Damon's bald head closes down over your helmeted head, and you are active. So this will be probably the first time in the two weeks that I've, I've put Matt Damon on, and so uh, I'm excited to kind of get reacquainted. It's been a while. Hey, boss. This is wild. Yeah, I... Uh... You'll put this together for you. I hope you enjoy your newborn identity. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. Ah! Uh, as soon as you said that, I took a giant sigh. 
just reflexively. Yeah, for some reason, Emrin just bashes his own brains out inside the suit. I have no idea. <laughs> this IMDb, IMDb page is still open, so we got plenty more where that came from. Does Emrin just not like puns that much? It's just the visceral reaction that I, as Michael Blood, have. Em- Emrin actually likes puns a lot. Mm-hmm. Just 10 okay. pairs of eyes. No, how many spiders did I bring? 18 pairs of eyes. Just look at Zonin, and you can feel little tiny golf claps. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, you ready to go interstellar, buddy? You know it. <laughs> oh, my God. I just checked, and so far, this, uh, this suit's free of contagion. But you got to have some true grit to get down there, I think. Oh, I was going to use true grit. Nah. All right. That's enough puns from you, Matt Damon. I'm giving you a born ultimatum. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get moving. And the uh, the auditor arms that you have are over the uh, pink Matt Damon arms. But underneath the exosuit skeleton thing, I guess. So they have resized to fit appropriately on this frame. Awesome. Uh, and Maeve, I guess you've got to get suited up too. I'll just hop in and just make sure that my telepathy still works even through the suit. It does not seem to block your connection to the hub insects and the insect, uh, sorry, the spiders rather that you brought. And the spiders themselves seem to be doing okay so far, this far from the hub. So the ramp lowers. And as you go out, you can see there's a reading on your HUD that shows you the uh, ambient external temperature. And without the sun, uh, it's gotten a lot colder really everywhere. But out here, you can see that the temperature is in the negatives at the moment. Okay. It is currently negative 20 Celsius. Oh, oh wow. Which is uh, negative 4 Fahrenheit? Just about. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, are we at the giant hole or Winnipeg, Manitoba? <laughs> What's the difference? That's for all you Canadians out there. <laughs> Sorry to are, our Manitoban fans. terrible for each other. Uh, so as you approach the borehole, it does get colder. The spiders aren't thrilled about this, but they are like they're not too affected by it. Their size seems to give them extra insulation. Oh, good. We don't want spider popsicles. It wouldn't be a lot of fun. No. Also, they're way too big to eat. <laughs> You're at the edge of the borehole now, and you can sort of look down, and it's just an abyss, basically. You can you can barely see the sides of it, let alone the bottoms. Though I'm sure you did bring along some glow sticks or other lights that you could use to light your way as you go down. Yeah, Emron reaches into his mix uh, fanny pack, um, snaps a glow stick, and throws it into the borehole. All right, it falls down quite a ways before catching on an outcropping, uh, and that gives you a bit of light by which to see the first leg of your trip down this hole. Uh, so I might understand you said you're using the spiders to help you lower to help lower you down. Yes. Okay. Are they staying up here and lowering you down on silk tethers, or are they are you riding them down? What's your plan? I think the silk tethers. I don't want to bring them too far down and then have them give out. Okay. I mean, spider silk, from what I've read, is extremely powerful, and I don't doubt that it can carry our heavy uh, space suit exoskeleton things. But would our suits not also come with like a grappling hook style tool? Um, probably. They probably all have uh, a type of tether option. So we could kind of try to repel down like um, with the spiders like 
kind of like anchor their silk and then we could kind of like wrap it around ourselves or something and then uh maybe like use tools is kind of like to help us out there okay so as you are uh lowering down from the back of the uh spiders lowering down from their spider butts and i guess you're sort of repelling down the walls as you go down your lights are you know getting smaller and then larger as you smaller as you swing away from the wall and then larger every time you come back to the wall uh you see that the walls here i mean at this point they're mostly rock and stone and dirt and stuff but the walls look as if they are melted so they're they're fairly smooth like there's a few jagged bits here and there but for the most part it's a smooth straight bore that looks like it was somehow melted through the rock uh matt yeah but uh, by observing the gradient uh would we be able to tell which way it was melted like either from outside the hole or within that would be a lore or investigate i think or investigate to notice the clues and then lore to come to a conclusion about them well i'll tell you one thing i'm really good at both of those things yes well it's well known that uh emran's greatest strength is his intelligence i mean uh well how about that matt it's pretty good <laughs> yeah you got a three on that uh so you're able to notice the direction in which the sort of waves of melt are going and that gives you combined with the very slight angle of the descent not enough to actually walk down at just a very slight angle uh you can sort of start to put together that information if you use your if you use your lore or if you share that with someone else and you can collaborate on this i think that i'll, uh, I'll clue mave keva and uh zonin in so that out of the four of us we can use our skills um, Emran just says out loud um, after looking around a bit the uh the melting pattern here it's weird it, yeah if this was if this was just shot straight down it, we shouldn't have an angle I wonder why there's just waves of rock the heat would have had to be insane definitely more than how, like how hot does it take to me- melt iron again Emran would know that but I don't yeah I'm just kind of adding the flavor there <laughs> That he would know. Uh, that, iron, uh, iron melts. That's at, how he knows about the rock. <laughs> it melts at over fifteen hundred degrees Celsius. Yeah, so uh, hotter than that, probably. Considerably, yeah. So iron, right? So that's two thousand seven hundred and fifty Fahrenheit. If I could whistle, I would. One of those. <laughs> All right. So, who wants to try and put this together? Do you think it could have been another spaceship coming in? But the angles are so fine. It would have to be a very small spaceship. Hmm. With an incredibly powerful weapon or mining laser. Something wanted something else gone pretty bad. Mm -hmm. As you are continuing to go down the hole, let's see. Uh, Keva, your foot, when you are coming in uh, towards the wall again, goes in further than you thought it would and you are suddenly dangling so you're just anchored by the spider silk where you were expecting to have footing there isn't any there's a hole in the wall here oh um keva kind of like flounders a little bit and it's kind of like and she's just kind of hanging there i guess now and like there's a hole over here give me your athletics ah roll you mean yeah Uh, if everyone can prove Never mind. Okay. 
Uh, so with your two in your athletics, you are able to hook your feet into the top of the hole and dangle upside down, but with a little bit more control. You're not swinging back and forth. And uh, your feet are hooked into a bit of a crevice at the top of this hole, and you're leaning backwards. So your back is now to the wall, and your face is facing the opposite end of the, the opposite side of the borehole. Uh, and the rest of you can sort of see that uh, Keva has made this accidental discovery. I'm like one of your spiders, a spider girl, Dave. But uh, what do you guys think this is? And, and in this weird position, does Keva have a free hand to kind of try to see if she can shine a light down that hole? How, how far do you trust the tether? Uh, yeah, no, she doesn't. Can I scan? That much she doesn't want to take a... Yeah, you can. All right, I'll scan. Uh, you see that in this sort of hole in the wall, it looks like it's about mm, 10, 15 feet deep uh, going adjacent to, uh, sorry, perpendicular to the borehole. There is something in there, and it also looks as if part of it has been in the floor of that branch, we'll call it. Uh, there have been two bits dug out of the floor of it and then filled back in. Uh, I will relay that information to the group. Matt, can you say that again? Uh, so this hole is about 15 feet long. It's You could fit into it if you wanted to go inside of it, like it could hold you. And two areas in the floor of this side branch appear to have been dug out and filled back in again, according to the seismic scans that uh, Maeve is running. Are these dugout parts sizable, like comparable to the human body? Um, you'd have to go in there and look. I was just about to ask it. It reminds me of one of those gem shapes from Steven Universe. Um, since Keva's like near the lip of this hole, can she try to like climb inside of it? Yeah, you can. If you get the tether to let you down a bit, you can swing a bit and like land on your bum in there. Well, I have. Uh, uh, okay, so I will do that. Uh, which role? Is that a physique again or it'd be athletics? A- it'd be athletics. Okay. Does anyone else want to go in there? Yeah, I'd like to go. Okay. I'll follow in as well, just making sure to keep the the well, making sure to keep the scan active. Okay, you got a one in that, so you're you sort of are able to swing yourself in and zone in as well. But the two of you collide as you're going in, and you both fall off your tethers and land heavily on your back, and you're lying there winded. <laughs> when we hit together, did it make a loud clacking sound like one of those? Like yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay, Zona? It's like a Newton's yeah. cradle clonk. Uh, I'm all right. Let's. Uh, That's the word for it. Oh, yeah. Rattled my noggin, but I'm all right. Okay. So, Keva and Zonin, you are in there. You're a little winded, but you're able to get to your feet and shine your lights into this uh, little side passage. It's not much, but you do see on the ground a pair of mounds that are about the size, slightly larger than uh, a person. Uh-huh. Each one of these mounds has, at the end of it, there's a thing driven into the ground at the end of each one. Oh, no. Uh, Can it be described as cruciform? No. How about, like, fingernail-shaped? Uh, no. They look... What would this look like to your characters? Hmm. Well, I guess they would look like a tree branch that sort of gets smaller as it approaches the ground and wider as it gets to the top. So I guess sort of like a long, thin triangle, but uh, the top half is flat, and then it 
they're if you get closer, you as players would recognize them as rifles. Oh, okay. Uh, Zonin, you better get on your tinfoil hat because I smell a conspiracy. <laughs> Kevin's gonna kind of like approach it and kind of like try to like run through uh, her head catalog of things she's seen in like the hub mm-hmm. to see if this looks like anything there. Uh, you may have seen it in like a book. They may have had pictures of this type of weapon, but it is definitely a, it's a long arm style rifle. The type that if you were looking in a, an old story about soldiers or mercenaries or whatever, it's the type of weapon they would be carrying. Um, should I lore, uh, like roll lore to know that it's a weapon or what? I mean, I'm sure that you have read enough of those of those books, especially when you're doing your research that you would recognize that this is or at least was a weapon at some point. Okay. Um, the last question here is, does this look anything like that weapon that Lean had had many months ago? Uh, Lean's was basically a magic wand. So they are both, you know, a long, thin thing, but this okay. is longer and it is gun shaped. Okay. So cover, you know, it's kind of like, so these are like weapons. I saw them in one of the books. Back at the hub. Zonin, you're the only one in there with her. Oh, it's, what do you mean? Explain. They're like, okay, so they're like a shooting weapon. Like, the something hard comes out of them really fast. Like, instead of an arrow, it's a little, like, thing, like, metal or, or whatever. And then it hits someone like an arrow would. Okay. Um, how, how large are they in relation to our mech bodies? They're... They're pretty small. They're the size of like, uh, you know, an assault rifle that a human of our age would carry. Okay. Um, what do you think is in these mounds then? Hmm. I mean, I don't know if you would use a weapon to mark someone's grave unless they were just, just like in the army or, huh. Can Keva see, you know, I didn't decide what type of armor Keva had. So I don't know if she can, if all of the types have a scanner or, or what. Uh, you can look with all of the types, but the only one with dedicated scanning equipment is, uh, I think, Maeve's. Okay, so uh, Keva's just kind of looking at it, trying to figure out, is this a grave? Well, graves aren't a thing uh, in your culture. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So forget the part where Keva says it may be being a grave. But just sort of like looking at this, like, do I have any idea what this is? <laughs> no, it might be a, a cache for food or something. Maybe it's... Jonan starts to dig it up. Okay. As you are moving the rocks aside, you eventually do see a mummified human face. Ah! You also notice that hanging from each of the weapons is a set of uh, sort of a necklace with some metal pieces attached to it. Oh. Can Keva, like, ginger, like, they've never seen, like, a decomposed dead body before. Like, no. they've seen people, They yeah, they've seen people who have died recently and that they're gone. So maybe you'd see some of the, like, stiffness or some of the, but they'd never seen anything like this. But Keva's kind of, like, scared, but kind of, like, trying to see the metal, like, maybe she recognizes words printed on it. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you see that it has letters on it that look similar to the ones that you saw 
in the very first children's book you found back in the hub. Okay. It's the A is for Apple alphabet. Keva calls back to like shout to Emran and Maeve like, guys, uh, we found old weapons uh, with dead people, I think. Oh, can I yeah. focus my scan on the bodies and the weapons? Sure. Uh, the weapons appear to be fairly rusty. No, not rusty. They've been corroded by exposure to the elements out here. They're probably not much use anymore. The bodies are mummified by their exposure to the elements out here. And uh, they've been dead a long time, but the scanning equipment that you have is not scanning for organic stuff. This is a survey mech that you've got. Survey suit. So, Matt, mm-hmm. the the long-arm rifles, that definitely places this um, pre-emergency, right? No, not necessarily. Keva's going to take the That's, two yeah. necklaces. Yeah. On the necklaces, you see that there is information written in that alphabet, which, um, do any of you read that one? Maybe Matt Damon read it? Matt Damon does not. He takes a look and says, uh, I don't know what this says, but it's definitely old. Whoever they were, people didn't want them to be forgotten because they left their names behind. At least this is probably their names. I mean, her information. Let's do an investigate role as you're examining these things. Okay. Okay. You notice that each one of them has a button on one of the tags. Oh, Keva presses the button. All right. Let's see which one you're pressing. Okay. As you press the button, a holographic image appears above the tag. It is a person. It's a woman with strange yellow hair, and her eyes are blue. And it says below her, there's a series of those letters that you don't understand, but you hear a voice, and the voice says, Sosimo, K, Commander. Hmm. Sosimo, K, Commander. Press the other button. Okay. So she does. You see a man with uh, black hair and uh, features that are more familiar to you, but his skin is uh, is lighter as well. He's, you would recognize him as uh, as a Chinese man. And it says, Wong, C, Lieutenant. Wong, C, Lieutenant. Sosimo, like, lean. Yeah, weird. Kevin definitely is like, I have to save this. And she kind of like puts it in the container or whatever she has that can attach to her suit to keep it. Because it has the same name as lean for crying out loud. It's got to be a clue or something. It does seem to be. So what do you do with these bodies? Just... Leave them uncovered, or what do you want to do? I mean, I don't know if they'd have the concept of, like, disturbing a grave like that's bad. Also, uncovered bodies are creepy. Mm-hmm. So Keva's going to, like, definitely, like, try to cover them up again. All right. What do the rest of you think on hearing the name Sosimo in this strange location? Emron inclines his head towards Maeve. I ask uh, Keva to bring back the necklace with her. Already doing it. Though it's really interesting, if you press this button, you see a picture of the person. Like, you can't interact with it, like, hub. But she had, like, weird, like, yellow hair and, like, eyes that were blue. Do you want to continue down the bore? Um, well, is the cave any deeper or not? No. It appears to be just these two graves. Okay. So, I guess... Before you step out... Yeah. Um, just for Emron's curiosity, he, he shouts into the cave... 
Does it look like the same melting pattern? Yes. Yep. That's strange. Well, whoever made this borehole must have wanted to put these people here somewhere safe. Nobody uh, did that lore roll to figure out which direction this borehole was going. Nope. I was hoping someone would pick it up, but Emron will. Oh, I did not hear that part. I could do it now. I am terrible at lore, so I'm not going to volunteer. I would, I would, um, Matt, is it safe to say that um, I could give Maeve a plus one or does my, did my role just make this possible? It made this possible. I could give a plus one because that's one of the skills I have, but it's only one of my average skills. Let's see how Maeve does. (laughs) Uh, Sure, Uh we'll we'll get a plus one from your help there. You are able to tell that this, the pattern of the melting demonstrates that whoever made this hole was coming from the outside of the station in. Okay. Some of the pieces are coming together. Maybe a third faction. Other people from before? Or maybe people who were left out when the church shut everything up fought their way inside? I don't know who would want to come in here, but, well... Maybe it was the last... Maybe it was the only place in the whole system? Is that what Hub called it? The only place in the whole system that humans could live. Soul system, yeah. Huh. As you continue down the borehole, you come across three more of these side passages each one with between one to three graves in it. The Kev is taking all the dog tags. You see names like Johnson, Q, Miller, F, Chan, but spelled differently, V, and so on. Um, what, what, like, did any of these people look like similar to what we know as normal looking people? Or do are some of them more Caucasian, like Ms. Sosimo? It seems to be a mixture of... Caucasian, Asian, and uh, people of African descent. Okay. Okay. Oh, um, when you said that Sosomo had blue eyes, do you mean like blue eyes in the way that like regular white people have blue eyes or like blue eyes in the way that the Fremen from Dune have blue eyes? <laughs> no, just uh, just blue eyes, not glowing blue eyes. Damn, I had so many spice jokes lined up. Damn. <laughs> she was not a spice girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh With the blonde hair, though, that would have made her baby spice. Perhaps. So you get deeper towards the bottom of the borehole where it exits into space, as far as you know. And the temperature keeps dropping and dropping and dropping as you go, but you are still comfortable inside your suits. Uh, However, you are also starting to feel less secure in how you're going down. Like it is, it's not as controlled the closer you get to it. It's not like it's you're being sucked out into space or anything, because uh, everyone knows that's not how decompression works. But there is a, a sort of change in pressure as you approach the exit point, or as you now know, the ingress point of this long tunnel. You get down to the very bottom of it, finally, and there is some ancient sort of netting, like an old tarp, similar to the one that you had over the side of your ship. There's a logo on it that you don't recognize, and it's been sort of worn away by conceivably centuries, at least decades, of exposure to the vacuum of space. But you can see through several holes that are in it. You can finally see a real sky, though in this case, it's what's beyond the sky. As you look out from the edge of your world, and you see, for the very first time in your lives, the stars. 
And that's where we're going to call it today. Awesome. That's phenomenal. Welcome to space. Space. Now's when it gets weird. (laughs) Just now. All right, folks. Thanks for joining me today. And next month, we are going to go out onto the surface of the station and see what's awaiting us there. So until the next time, all the best. Sounds good. Have a good day. All the best. Bye, friends. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. And don't forget, you can always give us a rating on iTunes or tweet about the show with the hashtag BrokenSunRPG to tell us what you think. We look forward to your thoughts. 